0: I thought I'd do a bit of a throwback today and answer some listener questions. And I haven't done this style of episode in such a long time now. And yeah, today's question initially is on the subject of acne and how to get clear skin and support liver detox without flaring up acne or other skin issues like psoriasis. The second question is on the subject of mold and where to start if you suspect mold exposure in terms of testing, home, body treatment and yeah, some of the top tips that I have having gone through personal experience. But first, some updates. So I have been ill the past couple of days, not with COVID, just a cough, tickly throat. So apologies to any clients who I've had calls with over the past few days. I tried to push through, but my voice, you know, when you're like trying to not cough and deafen them down the microphone, but also now during this episode, I'm hoping my voice Voice holds up, but you never know. I might just have to pause it and re-record the extra um, question at the end. And yeah, I slept like a ton yesterday. I even had to have a nap because I was absolutely exhausted. So I had a ninety-minute nap yesterday afternoon. I moved one of my clients till um, tomorrow, which is Friday. And last night I slept eleven hours. I dosed myself up over the past few days, and I've done COVID tests for anyone who. Was wondering, um, all came back negative, and I, I know that I don't have it, it's just a regular cold, which people forget that you can still get. There are other viruses out there. Um, and in terms of what I've been doing, so I've done a ton of things out of my supplement cupboard, as you can imagine. So some bee products like Manuka Honey, and I also use on my face with face masks. I like the Wedderspoons brand, pretty pricey for the good stuff, but it works. And propolis, I've got some propolis drops that I've been using, which is a B product. I've used biocidin, which is a product that I've used for like gut protocols and things like that. And I do with clients, but they have some nice ingredients in there. They have a little bit of echinacea in there and some other immune supportive and antiviral antimicrobial herbs as well in the blend. I've used high dose vitamins A and D for the immune strengthening benefits as well. I use probiotics at high dose and the only ones that I really use are the Megaspore, so the spore-based probiotics from Microbiome Labs. I've used immunoglobulins. There are things like colostrum that you can use, but I've used the, again, the Microbiome Labs one, uh, which is the Mega IgG, which is one of my favorite products ever. I've used it for a ton of different stuff. It can help with like histamine issues, leaky gut protocols, but also just strengthening um, the attack for any viruses or any um, infections I've used zinc liposomal glutathione honestly I had most of these on hand because I just have a f- like first aid kit for if you get food poisoning if I get a cold if I get a flu anything like that puts and scrapes I have my little first aid <laughs> first aid remedies in there uh, which I think everyone should do if they if they have access to that and then a liposomal vitamin c as well plus a conventional or just like over-the-counter cough syrup which is the brand Bronco Stop I'm not sure if it's available worldwide but definitely in the UK you can get it just in the supermarket or whatever and I actually really like it compared to some of the others out there and they it's made with thyme as like the main the main ingredient thyme extract and it's not got a ton of crap in there like some of the other products on the market so I think it tastes pretty good as well they have some lozenges so I've just had a shot of that before the call so that's soothing my throat right now And hopefully the results will last me the next hour or so. And yeah, yesterday I was exhausted, slept 11 hours, woke up feeling better. I'm sure you can tell my voice is still a little bit nasally at the moment. And my cough is just starting to crack at the moment. It was a very like irritated, mucusy cough. And now it's just kind of cracking. So it sounds like I've been smoking 50 a day for the past 20 years when I do cough but I think it's coming to the surface now and yeah, just giving my body a little bit of downtime because I woke up this morning and my period started which is perfect timing and no real PMS symptoms as I've not had for a while now but I think that's why I was extra tired yesterday and it took a little bit longer for me to recover from the cold because your body's a little bit more sensitive to stress any type of stress during that luteal phase that lead up to your period I also got some updates in terms of my chiropractor experience. If you follow me on Instagram, I have been sharing about that in terms of my stories and I saved a highlight on the, if you want to go back and watch, but I thought I'd share on here as well. I might ask my chiropractor, her name's Dr. Monica from Warrington Optimal Wellness to come on the pod. Um, So let me know if you find that interesting. She's in the Northwest. So if you're in the Northwest of England, then definitely check it out. But there's chiropractors all over. It is like nutritionists. There's, Tons of them out there. Potentially, especially in the US, it's, it's a bigger thing out there. But there's different um, kind of specialities and things like that, and different expertise. So if you've gone to one before and haven't had a good experience, like I did, then and Dr. Monica has been really amazing. And it's really opened to my eye. It's really opened my eyes to the importance of structural health. I obviously knew about it in terms of posture and bone health, etc. But I've been so focused on internal factors like nutrition and stress and all of that that I've kind of overlooked the structural aspects of things Um, and my experience with chiropractic over these past I say six to eight weeks now has taken my interest to a whole nother level. Basically your brain and spinal cord is what sends messages to your organs to tell them to work or not and these sublux they're called subluxations in the spine these kind of things that they crack I'm sure you've seen the videos where on TikTok there's like all of these crazy videos and sometimes it makes these very loud noises that can shock you a little bit but it's just like pockets of uh and it's realigning your spine again because for a number of reasons like working at a desk job or injuries or poor posture from um yeah lifting heavy things or pregnancy sometimes just with age, wear and tear, can affect your, your alignment of your spine. And that could, away- that could affect the way that your spinal cord and nervous system sends messages to the organs. So you can throw all the supplements up in the world at something like your liver to detox. But, I mean, if your spine is misaligned in a certain point of your back, I think it's like the mid to lower back for the liver. Um, there's different, like higher up is kind of like the head and the eyes and sometimes the ears, the tongue. And further down, it affects things like your fertility. So it's really interesting. She actually gave me uh, a picture, and I posted this on the stories as well of the different vertebrae of the spine and what it's addressed to in terms of the organs. And she highlighted the ones that were a problem for me. And yeah, it's very interesting to see what type of organs they're linked to as well. So yeah, really good experience so far, and I've not done yet because my initial appointments have been just. Having it's going through like an intense period of every. I um, mean, it's meant to be three days a week, but I can't really do that. I have to do two days a week just with work. On my days off from clients, um, I go in the mornings and have my back cracked. And the first time I had it done, I had such a kind of negative reaction, like a detox reaction. And I was told that this could happen, especially in sensitive cases, because if your spine has been misaligned for a while then you restoring that even if it is short term just for that day or however long it lasts initially the more that you do it obviously will stick over time um, and with exercises and things but if your liver is now getting all of the messages it needs to work properly then it will start to detox on its own sometimes so that happened to me particularly when she cracked the neck area and I'm gonna in the show notes link to my x-rays that showed what the, the green line will be the proper the proper alignment of the spine the red line is my alignment and it was really kind of messed up in terms of the structure I've been told not to use terms like that for myself but you know what I mean and basically and the issues that I had I I wasn't really in any chronic pain or anything I was just experiencing some niggling symptoms just as I was going back to the gym after having a lot of time off over lockdowns and um, with my mold detox, my health issues, I haven't been training as much as I have done in previous years. And when I was going back to the gym, I kept finding that I was trapping nerves, pulling muscles, just feeling uncomfortable, finding it hard to recover from the gym afterwards, which wasn't normal. I know that things like that as little as they might seem, they're definitely not normal. and it's best to nip them in the bud and address them before they come become major issues and I'm like bedbound with chronic back pain. So I listen to these little symptoms from my body and do something about it, which I recommend doing as well. And also the other symptom that I had, um, most people go for like chronic back pains. And so if you've got any structural musculoskeletal issues, then chiropractors are great. But it can still be great for other things as well. So I had kind of a structural issue with those aches and pains, but also dizziness. That is very much a result of mold exposure and Lyme disease, uh, because because of those exposures, I developed mast cell activation syndrome or MCAS and a condition called POTS, postural Postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. So when they asked, what did I want to track? I said, is, is dizziness something that I can track? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. It can really be anything, headaches, um, aches and pains, or sometimes blood pressure issues. All of that could be linked to the structural aspect so I've been tracking that as a symptom, and honestly, it has improved quite a lot. I did reduce my caffeine intake because I was having um, quite a few king coffees and matches and things like that in a day. So I think reducing that for me has helped slightly, but I really feel like the chiropractic has helped too because I've I've reduced and even been off caffeine for years in the past, and it hasn't made so much of a difference. So that's why I think it's this what this is making the biggest change. And when she would crack and adjust my um, neck on the table I would feel like very woozy afterwards and that first time for the rest of the day I was like wiped out I remember going to my mum and dad's house and I just couldn't function I was like really sleepy not feeling really ill in any way just like very brain fog very spacey very tired mentally and the second time that I did it I had the same thing but it was a lot less the third time had it a little bit and then from then on She has changed the way that she cracked my neck because I brought it up to her and she has used like different instruments and things since and has done it slightly less I think because she obviously doesn't want it to affect my work or anything like that or me have major issues for the rest of the day but she did know that it was going to wear off and it was like a detox reaction that I tell my clients to look out for but sometimes when it happens you're like oh my god is, is it linked to this or is it due to something else so I was glad that she put my mind at ease with that as well so I had my review today with them I think it has been six to eight weeks I'll have to check properly and I'd say they were asking how to monitor my scores because there's people who go in there obviously who have chronic daily pain and they literally can't drive or walk or anything like that so it was harder for me to monitor some of these symptoms because they're not a daily experience but I would say my dizziness is usually upon standing I just have to sit up slightly for a minute before I, like in the middle of the night, if I go to the bathroom, I like sit on the end of the bed, then get up. Or if I'm like lie down, I have to sit up first and then stand up. And I'm used to that now because it's been going on for such a long time. And it is way better than it was when I was living in mold. And it has improved massively over the past year. But when I was doing my more intense detox things at the start, at mid 2020, when I moved, um, it did get a lot worse. And it is kind of a symptom of detox reactions for me as well but they took my blood pressure today and initially first session the systolic so the the top number on the blood pressure I can't remember what the bottom one was but it was 105 last time which is very much linked to dizziness upon standing because it could be a drop in blood pressure um then today it was 113 so that is quite a big difference and it's definitely been lower in the past it's at one point was 60 over 40 which is technically classed as shock. It was like some health MLT thing that we had when I worked at um, a local supermarket back when I was studying. And they had like this, these wellness people come in, they tested our weight and everything like that and our body fat percentage. And my blood pressure was that low. And I was like, that is not normal. But that was in the midst of all my health issues. So compared to that, it's much better. But 105, like when it drops below 100 or 90, it can be low and it can be linked to uh, dizziness. So be mindful of electrolytes and things like that. But for me, it's more of these like chronic infections that are triggering it. And I will be sharing more on my stories and my treatments. I've now been through the intensive period, so um, I can now get onto these. I forgot what they're called, um, where they have you on all of these like machines and they kind of, I, I can't describe it. Honestly, it's, it looks like a torture device that they have you on, but it's really to align the spine. So they have... Um, things that they kind of lift your arms up and your head and straighten your back so I'm very excited for those I'll probably take some pictures at some point when I'm on them I'm getting my mum to go because she's got some um, a lot worse back issues and neck issues than me from injuries and maybe some health issues and thyroid issues as well along the way so she's going to be joining me um, over the next few months my treatment is planned for around three months I think it will be finishing in January And then I'll maybe just do like ongoing check-ins every now and again, just to stay healthy. I've got daily exercises that I need to do that take like 10 minutes. I need to ice my back and my neck three times a day. I was really good initially. It has dropped a little bit, so maybe once a day now, but I will be doing it right after this call as a reminder. And yeah, we'll see if Dr. Monica wants to come on and she can answer any of your chiropractic questions but I don't want to take too much more time on this. Let's get on to the listener questions today. So these have come through either via Instagram or email in the past couple of weeks or months, and I've been making a note of them. And I've just been getting quite a few of the similar subjects. So I thought I'd choose those rather than random ones that don't really link to many people. So the first one is from Jan Miller, who is from Prague and she is struggling with acne and finds that it's worse when she's doing anything to support detox so she writes i am 35 years old and have been struggling with acne since i was 18 i took the pill for 12 years age 20 to 32 for the first 10 years my skin was pretty much clear and i didn't have any problems but right during the last two it started to get worse i have decided to go off the pill right after that my skin was terrible But gradually, I managed to reduce the amount of pimples I got by watching what I eat, exercising, sleeping and supplementation and other tips from your podcast. I've recently started liver detox as I want to lose a bit of weight and improve my skin as I still get some acne. I am taking milk thistle and drinking dandelion root tea and my skin has got very bad. I started getting cysts under my mouth corners, pretty much only that. Could you please recommend a way for me to support detoxification, which doesn't demonstrate it itself through my skin? I try to exercise and sweat every day, eat lots of fiber, take hot and cold showers and do dry body brushing. I avoid sugar, and glu- sugar gluten and dairy, generally focus on real food and cook at home. Thank you for sending that in, John Miller. I first wanna say... Um, In terms of what you're doing for liver detox, is it just the milk thistle and drinking a dandelion? Because a detox can be completely different depending on who you talk to. It can be as kind of minimal as drinking some herbal teas or as intense as doing all of these cleanse and fasting and um, juices and everything like that. So just want to make that point. But I had a similar issue and experience where... My acne had just been chronic for such a long time. It was literally the first symptom that I had, and really the last symptom to fully clear up. And I was initially put on the pill that helped, but then I started to develop issues, other issues. Um, and that's because of the side effects that it starts to have on the gut. It does have antibiotic like effects in the digestive tract. So it kills off your good, good bacteria. And as I'm going to talk about and do all the time, gut health is integral to health and especially clear skin and I know you had a specific question surrounding detox but I think it's important for me to cover some basics first because of your pill usage I think that's quite significant and the imbalances that can occur after you've even stopped taking the pill which can then affect the detox pathways and I know you're wanting to lose weight and maybe help with other symptoms but the focus needs to be on health and when you focus on true health and in a holistic way All of these other separate, seemingly random symptoms, like your weight struggling with an extra 10 pounds that won't budge or these chronic breakouts that just don't seem to clear, despite what you're doing, will usually just clear up once your body is healthy and functioning optimally. So that's the beauty of kind of naturopathic care. So the pill, as I said, you, you were on that for 12 years. So I think that's a significant part of the story here. Um, It depletes a ton of nutrients, especially important skin healing and detox supportive minerals like zinc and other B vitamins, which are crucial for healthy hormones and fertility. And since you, it, it could still be that you need to work on them. I think you came off the pill two years ago, if I'm not mistaken, or even if it's less time than that, you, you were on the pill for such a long time that you might still be dealing with deficiencies if you've never actively restored that. Because of the fact that the soil is so depleted these days, and therefore food is very deficient in nutrients. And if you do have poor gut health, which most people with acne and weight challenges do, you might not even be absorbing everything from your diet, even if it's extremely healthy and well balanced and free of all sorts of things. So it may be worth doing some testing at this point, something like a H2A, so a hermit tissue mineral analysis which is a hair sample that I use with every new client in practice or something like a NutriVal, which is a urine organic acid based nutrient panel. And it could be useful to see exactly what nutrients you need and how deficient you are, if so, and be mindful not to just throw a ton of supplements at, at this without knowing what you're doing or what you need, because if you have a gut issue that needs to be resolved first, nutrition and lifestyle always come number one. And some nutrients in high doses can be acne triggers, like B12, biotin, and iodine, amongst others, even though you find them very commonly in her skin and nail formulas. So that's why supplements, you need to know what you're doing, because you could actually make things worse. I see it all the time. And hopefully your, your ovulation has restored by now. As many women aren't aware that the entire time that you're on the pill, you're not ovulating that brings over a connection is pretty much shut down. And that's why it's so effective at preventing pregnancy. So once you stop taking it, your body kind of has to relearn how to ovulate again, which can take time, especially if you go on the pill quite young, when your body was already in the process of learning that it just disrupts it. It kind of severs that communication and then it has to relearn again. And then if your body's also at the same time trying to restore nutrients and get your gut healthy after stopping the pill there's a lot that it needs to do my period for this example took around two years to return well uh, kind of two years to the month to return and I don't even think I was ovulating even when it did my bleed did start again because of how messed up my body was not just from the, the two years I was on the pill but my other health challenges at the time too and you can still be bleeding every month but not ovulating Which could be important to investigate because progesterone is a major skin supportive and acne clearing hormone that's only produced after ovulation. So, some ways to investigate if you're ovulating or not: you can test progesterone, um, usually in the luteal phase. If you so, that's kind of the lead up to your period. So, I would recommend around five to seven days before your period is due via a blood test or a urine test, like the Dutch, or um, ovulation. You can monitor signs of ovulation through symptoms, and this could be things like cervical mucus changes. It usually becomes egg white, like raw egg white, inconsistency, so clear, stretchy, slippery type mucus. um, Vaginal discharge. It usually occurs mid-cycle. So if you have like a twenty-eight average day cycle, probably somewhere around day fourteen, but that can change for a few days either side. I personally ovulate on day seventeen. And this month, I got my period um, today on day 29. And other indicative labs could be a positive ovulation predictor kit. So you can just get them in like the pharmacy or whatever. Um, a blood test, it can show an LH surge or pulsed ovulation. So a temperature shift in terms of basal metabolic temperature. In, um, if you're doing fertility awareness, that would only confirm ovulation after it's happened. So over a few months, you'll be able to see... Uh, a a suspicious time that is common for you to ovulate but it doesn't predict ovulation unfortunately and if you find out that you're not ovulating or your progesterone is low that could be contributing to your skin being temperamental and it's showing that something that would be showing that something is stressing your body either physically chemically emotionally there's tons of different options whether that's infection environmental toxins deficiencies over there's some examples you would need to investigate that further and the reason that I showed all of that is because having gut issues deficiencies and low progesterone can affect your cellular energy and the ability to detox in the first place the argument that a lot of conventional doctors make is that we don't need to support detox in any way and it's a waste of time and money and it's a fad because our bodies do it naturally which is true but the liver and our kidneys can be overburdened with too much to process with things like medications, pollution, alcohol, and, or it doesn't have the proper nutrients to function optimally. These are going to be things like zinc, B vitamins and antioxidants. You need them to send a toxin through phase one and phase two, and then you need good gut health for it to come out through the bowels, which is phase three detox. So in your case, just adding some milk thistle or dandelion isn't likely going to make a huge difference or like in your situation it could actually make things worse if you haven't removed some of the blockages we can't get rid of all of them sometimes in terms of stress or pollution we can manage sometimes our home environment but not as soon as we go out into the city or whatever and you need to give it the raw materials it needs to just work naturally in the first place and you did choose some good options and I'm sure I've mentioned things like that in a previous podcast episode. However, it sounds like your liver is pretty stressed at the moment from one or more of those issues that I've just mentioned. And upregulating detox with these supplements is probably just moving toxins too quick. And when I say toxins, by the way, this can be natural internally produced things like hormones once they've been used or byproducts from things like digestion, metabolism or external toxins like heavy metals, plastics, pesticides. Our livers do so much on a daily basis. It literally filters 1.5 liters of blood every minute. So if your liver has too much to process, the body will try to push these toxins out of the system in another way, like through our largest organ, the skin. And that's where these breakouts are coming from. The area described, I'm thinking you mean the side of the chin, kind of under the mouth. This, I've had them there before. This can indicate poor detox and poor gut health, so would make sense. It sounds like you're doing a lot of great things and the gentle detox tools like dry body brushing, exercise, hydration, contrast showers are great, but I think you should look deeper into why your liver is likely overwhelmed in the first place and why your body is struggling to detox. A lot of the time, it does come from the gut, so start there if you haven't already. And some of the toxic waste products from organisms like parasites, gram-negative bacteria, and yeast, they produce toxins that stress the liver. You also need to make sure your other emunctories, that's what they call these detox pathways, are open before pushing the liver too much. Start with the bowels, because that's kind of the end, um, that's kind of the bottom no pun intended pathway you need to empty the drain first you need to make sure it's flowing before you address things higher up and you need at least one ideally two to three well-formed bowel movements each day make sure you're passing a good amount if they're sluggish look into some sort of motility support short term like trifla, magnesium citrate powder to get things moving because it can be a vicious cycle otherwise it's hard to detox when you're constipated but sometimes if your detox pathways are sluggish you're constipated so you need to intervene somewhere but you shouldn't need to rely on them long term if you do that's a sign that you have some sort of um, deeper problem it could be a thyroid issue it could be something like SIBO parasites that are making your bowels um, sluggish emotional trauma and stress and keeping like holding on to things emotionally could be a factor as well make sure your kidneys are healthy they don't give too many symptoms unfortunately when they're imbalanced unless it's like end stage disease so healthy hydration and mineral electrolyte balance are absolutely key. Bile flow is also super important in detox as bile is what carries toxins from the body out through the bowels. Those two herbs that you used dandelion and milk thistle help to stimulate bile they're known as cholagogues, which is one of my favorite words by the way so it could be that you'll take if you do have thick sluggish bile and you're pushing it too fast, especially if you're taking high doses of these things, you're just moving things and that's where the problem is coming. High oestrogen levels slow down your gallbladder function, as does having a sluggish thyroid, both of which can be caused or worsened by synthetic hormone usage from the pill. Um and very commonly I see dysfunction. In those who have a history of birth control usage, some people get to the point where they literally have to have the gallbladders removed, but little signs like this could prevent it down the line, potentially. And simple ways to get your bile flowing better and a healthier form of bile, including include eating more bitter foods, such as rocket or arugula, depending on where you're from, upping choline intake as well from foods like egg yolks and organ meats. So these, this is like real food as medicine. And I would always recommend doing this before reaching for a supplement because your body recognizes it way better and it's probably less powerful, but in a good way. Lastly, I also want to mention the importance of binders. Anytime you're supporting detox, I made this mistake for years at the start of my own health journey. I just never took them because I wasn't educated on how much of a necessity they were when I was taught in college about like gut protocols and things like that and leaky gut. No one ever mentioned binders unfortunately. And I would just do gut cleanses or detox protocols, sometimes using very strong products and wondered why I felt terrible and my skin was freaking out. It was because I wasn't binding to the toxins as they were being released. Most of them are carried out through the bile, but to your body, bile is very expensive to make. So it reabsorbs the majority of it. Not taking a binder means that instead of it being excreted out into the toilet, it's just going back into circulation. And each time that happens, the toxin becomes more toxic. Different ones are available. Some are more constipating than others and all have slightly different benefits, whether you're dealing with candida overgrowth versus bacterial overgrowth versus heavy metals versus mold exposure. So just be mindful to do all that you can to prevent constipation during this time up your fiber, your water, your magnesium dosage. Examples are products like Toxiprevent, Liver GI Detox, Activated Charcoal, and the Humic and Fulvic Acid Binders from Selco or Microbe Formulas, which are my personal favorite, because you can take them with or without food like the others, and they do tend to be slightly less constipating for a lot of people. And I know that that was a lot of issue, a lot of information, so... Listen back again and take notes, jamila if you have to. I agree that you likely have issues with detoxification and your liver, which is driving your acne. But I think you're currently just trying to address things at a surface level at the moment, rather than trying to figure out why you have these issues in the first place. And the good thing is that when you do address the root causes, whatever that ends up being for you personally, you won't be in this vicious cycle of symptom managing and relying on supplements for the rest of your life because you fix that underlying problem. So I hope that helps. Do you love coffee, but have been told it's bad and needs to be avoided if you're struggling with hormone imbalances like acne, PMS, and period problems? Honestly, most coffee out there should be avoided because the majority are contaminated with things like mold and pesticides, which can drive inflammation and those feelings like anxiousness and jitteriness after drinking. But what if I told you there was a coffee option that tastes great, is organic and mold-free, and also provides healing properties from reishi mushroom spores? Enter Organo King Coffee, my latest obsession. I didn't drink it for years because it would always wreck my sleep and leave me feeling like an anxious mess. But King Coffee does the exact opposite. Don't worry, it's not one of those fake coffee alternatives made from herbs. And if you've tried other mushroom coffee brands out there, I promise this one actually tastes good and is way better and provides so many more health benefits. If you haven't already heard of the benefits of reishi mushroom or Ganoderma, then let me give you a quick overview. It's known as the king of medicinal mushroom family due to its superpowers such as supporting healthy immune balance and being an adrenal adaptogen. This means if your immune system's overactive due to autoimmunity or suppressed because of things like chronic infections, and you're not really sure if your cortisol levels are high or low the reishi can help to balance things out and it promotes homeostasis within the body it's also antibacterial antiviral antifungal anti-inflammatory pretty much everything that we want from a product because of its potency i'd recommend starting slowly if you're someone who's struggling with more complex chronic health issues or is sensitive if you're thinking why can't i just take a reishi mushroom supplement Good question. Organo use a patented process to gently crack the inner and outer shell offering 99% bioavailability of the reishi mushroom spores. I also explain this as being like the differences with probiotics, the regular lactobacillus, bifidobacterium options that we can all buy readily in health food shops have some benefit, but nowhere near as much as the spore based probiotics that I use all the time with clients wanting to give Organo King coffee a try for yourself visit vivanaturalhealth.myorganogold.com. This will all be spelled out and linked in the episode show notes and also my bio link on Instagram. I really hope you love it as much as I do, but now let's get back to the show. On to question two now, and this is from Amy, who is from Houston. She says, hi, Vivian. I'm so glad I came across your show a few months back. Thank you for all of the information that you share. I'm 28, live in Texas, and have been struggling with my health for pretty much all of my life. As a child, I had terrible eczema and constipation. As a teen, anxiety and depression, and in my 20s, symptoms like constant fatigue, frequent infections, and food sensitivities. I started hearing more about the dangers of mold exposure from practitioners like yourself earlier this year, And I'm pretty sure it's the cause of almost all my lifelong health struggles, but I have no idea where to start. And this is also overwhelming. My diet has always been pretty healthy compared to my friends, but recently I've become extremely restricted in my food options because I feel like I'm reacting to most things in terms of bloating, nausea, headache symptoms, yet I'm gaining weight. It doesn't make sense. I know you had a similar experience and mold was the root cause for you, But the problem is that my current home has zero signs of mold exposure. It's not an old building, but I do live in Houston, which I know is a higher risk state because of the heat and humidity. I don't want to make this too long, but where do I start? I'm happy yet fearful if mold does turn out to be the cause because it could obviously affect my living situation. But my health is my priority at the end of the day. Any tips or info that you have on testing the home and body, then treatment for both would be appreciated. So, yeah. Hi, hi Amy. I'm really sorry that you're dealing with those issues. And yes, I can totally relate and empathize with you. And I just want to make the note for anyone else listening. If you start to hear about things over and over again, and things come across in your path, whether it's a book recommendation or a therapist someone recommends, um, pay attention and, and tune into that because it could be a sign. I had the same experience personally. I never learned about mold in my college education And then all of a sudden I started to see it everywhere. And at first I was very hesitant and resistant, like, no, it couldn't be me because I don't live in a visibly moldy home. I don't have chest infections or sinus issues, which I know can be signs of a mold allergy, which is different to mold illness. So just wanted to make that point and hopefully that resonates with other people and start to listen to these maybe coincidences that's happened, but often the clues. I recently did a TikTok video on my channel, which is Viva Natural Health, sharing symptoms that could be linked to mold exposure and mold illness. And it kind of went viral. Uh, I don't know what my numbers are exactly, if you're listening right now, but just checked and they almost at half a million, which is crazy, seeing as though I don't really have much of a following on there and don't really post too many videos. And many people agreed in the comments uh, with the symptoms and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you're sharing this. This is so true. Some people had like revelations that, um they just start investigate the host that week and they saw mold and then there's people on there who are obviously trolls or non-believers who say that i'm lying i'm not credible because i'm not a doctor and that i'm just fear-mongering because these symptoms could be linked to anything and some of the symptoms that i listed were fungal infections chronic fatigue anxiety sinusitis asthma etc they said it can be linked to anything um, and that some of these things are normal which is crazy and honestly, I've deleted the majority of the negative ones because I need people to know that this is a real issue. And I am i know I'm 100% correct with this. Um, I know my stuff. I work with clients all day, every day struggling with these types of issues. But I did respond with a few points, including back to those negative comments like, no, I'm not a doctor. I don't wish to be. If I would have listened to my doctor and relied on them for my health issues personally i would probably be dead by now because conditions like mold illness unfortunately aren't recognized as a root cause factor plus none of those symptoms i listed are normal to have on a regular basis yes it's it's okay to be tired every now and again as long as it makes sense why that you've had a poor night's sleep or you stayed up a little bit later than usual but um having fungal infections constantly is not normal A lot of women think that it is. If they have thrush every month, they think it's part of being a woman, but let me tell you, it is not. And yes, these symptoms can be linked to other conditions like low thyroid function, chronic fatigue syndrome, autoimmunity. But mold exposure and mold illness is a common root cause of all of those things in the first place. And no one is looking deeper at factors, including environment. Those other things are labels and symptoms, whereas mold exposure is a root cause. Things like heavy metal exposure, is a root cause. So if you would, and if you're on TikTok, please check it out and leave a positive comment and like on that video if you want to support this message that I'm trying to get across. The the video will be linked in the show notes as well. And mold can definitely be a root cause factor, but it's not the only focus that you need to pay attention to either. I try to step back and be more of a naturopath and generalist in terms of treatment these days. I started off just on hormones, and then I soon learned that there's so much more to the picture a lot of the time so if someone obviously specializes in mold they're going to blame mold on everything but there's usually other factors and more than one imbalance occurring multiple root causes not just one and for me mold was the biggest issue but i also had other stressors along the way that i needed to also deal with including being on the pill for a couple of years getting food poisoning and parasites and multiple times over exercising under eating that was like the main trigger. And I lived in my previous home, that was my family home, for over 20 years that I was molding and it was causing my illness, but I wasn't extremely ill until the last few years because of other experiences I had along the way. And if I would have lived in that home and never ate gluten my entire life, never had took any medication, never had any emotional stress, I could have lived there pretty symptom free. It's hard to say. But my other family members were, as never, were never as sick as me because I am really a canary in the coal mine. And maybe genetically, I was just more susceptible. Who knows? So try to remove and manage all the stresses that you can for now. And eventually cleaning up the home and environment is key for true and full healing. However, you'll also likely have to repair the damage that's been done to the body from mold exposure once you're out of there or once you've cleaned up the environment, even after addressing the air quality and potentially moving because that's how some people stay sick they move and they're still carrying around this kind of mold factory internally because it can lead to fungal overgrowth inside or the damage that's been done to the nervous system the liver the digestive tract mitochondria need repairing at, at some point these toxins can really affect every single system negatively and that's why conditions like mold illness are uh, uh, also known as SIRS, chronic inflammatory response syndrome, can be known as the great mimickers, along with other conditions like Lyme disease and co infections. And it can happen, like in your case, where individuals are symptomatic since birth or childhood with more quote minor symptoms such as colic, constipation, restlessness, behavioral issues. For me, looking back, I used to always say, oh, it's totally healthy whenever I'd be interviewed or whatever until I was 17 and started overexercising and but. Looking back, I did have some issues with nosebleeds and sickness uh, to like fizzy drinks or car sickness. Um, So they could be signs of histamine and mold exposure. I'd get these sharp pains in my head. So with my brother. And yeah, some people, they're they're symptomatic. And if they're exposed to mold in a childhood home, they just get worse over years or more issues develop over time. Or it could be that someone is pretty symptom-free In that home until they go through a big stress later on in life um, or an infection that's when they start to display symptoms of mold exposure even though they've been in that same environment the whole time it's like the straw that breaks the camel's back and this toxic bucket starts to overflow and it may not be your current home although i agree that your city is high risk as like other states in the u.s such as florida and um, places like portland oregon because of the weather but i think it's worth investigating at this point even if it's just for peace of mind. drier climates like colorado are going to be less likely to grow mold for this reason. however the possibility isn't a zero, it can still be a factor so please don't rule it out completely if you're listening now and you're in a drier place if if you have some of these symptoms and you're suspicious it's always worth testing. you don't give any really insight into your living history so i'm not sure if you've moved out Homes in the past few years, or if any symptoms correlate to this. But if you think back to any college dorm rooms that you stayed in, they're, they're notoriously bad in the UK and the US from what my clients tell me. I never went to um college or university, the ones with like where you live in. Um, or childhood home, like think back to that. But just because your current home is a new build and doesn't have any visible signs or smells of mold, it doesn't mean that it's not a problem because it can be hidden in the walls. And the toxins that mold makes themselves don't smell of anything. It's actually a misconception. The mustiness that can occur is often due to the bacterial overgrowth that can go alongside the growth of mold and mycotoxins. And home tests that I recommend investing in could be something like an ERMI test. There's different companies uh, that you can get that through. Or I personally prefer the mold plates from Immunolytics, which is an American company, but they do ship worldwide, which is good. And you can't just get Petri dishes or mold plates off Amazon or hardware stores because the quality of the test is extremely important. And it can throw people off if they do a cheap test and it comes back negative. They're like, no, it's not mold, but they've not investigated thoroughly. I mean, these tests I mentioned are 100% accurate. Nothing is. But that combined with a body test and symptoms and health history. And if your symptoms improve when you go away, they can all be signs. Um, and there are companies out there who can help you investigate and treat. Um, there's a company in the UK called Building Forensics that thoroughly investigate the home. So if you want the real deal, but you are probably at at least a grand for them to travel up and down to wherever you live and test. But they don't do the treatment. They come up with a remediation plan for a different company to use so just be mindful of that or a company called pure maintenance that I want to talk about instead in the treatment section as well because they test and then treat and make sure that the mold is gone afterwards so I think that's a good kind of package deal in the US there's many more options because it's more recognized there because of um, just a bigger country and more people are aware of the increased rate of natural disasters and hurricanes but on Instagram there's a couple of people that I follow, Brian carby in one of them. His Instagram handle and podcast is Mold Finders and he has a company called Yes We Yes We Inspect. That's a good option or there's someone called PJ Harlow on Instagram and she's a mold consultant as well so maybe reaching out to those if you're in the US. To test the body there's a few options but a simple introductory and cheap test is called a VCS And this is an eye test, similar to a colorblindness test that you might have done when you were younger, which can be done online for about £10 or $15. And if you fail this test, then that's a pretty good sign that you've been exposed to to mycotoxins at a certain level because they can affect your visual acuity and the optic nerve. I will link to my favorite one in the show notes as well. So you can also test your urine through um, a urine panel, such as the one from Great Plains Lab. It's the urine mycotox test. Or there's similar companies that offer them, like Vibrant Health, I think another one is called. But this is a more expensive test. And with any test, as I said, it's never 100% accurate, especially if you're currently very sick, inflamed, and have sluggish detox or poor immunity because you might have an issue with mold but you might not be excreting mycotoxins out through the urine during that time. I've seen this happen many times with clients and the test comes back completely negative even if we know that the house is a problem and the person is displaying obvious symptoms of mold and has maybe failed the VCS test. And I also want to mention organic acid testing because there are a few markers on the of mold and fungus, but with my own personal experience I did a mycotoxin uh, and organic acid test quite early on in my health journey and that section came back completely fine no elevations in mold or fungal markers but I then did a specific mycotoxin test years later and it was through the roof high and the, the mold was there that whole time so um, if you do an organic acid test and it does come back high with mold and fungal markers then it's it's likely that you do have a problem but not the other way around And I go way more into my experience with finding out about mold, treating my body, moving, and all of that, my tips and tricks in episodes 79 and 80 of the podcast. So go back and listen to those if you haven't already. There'll be a link in the show notes. And I've also got a video on YouTube called, I think, A Day in the Life of a Mold Detox that I created last year whilst I was in the midst, midst of my protocol after moving. So I think that was like June, July of 2020. A couple of things to think about for everyone, though, anyone listening. If your symptoms have gotten worse over the past 18 months during lockdown, obviously this could be due to stress and just the whole situation. But also with the lockdowns and staying at home, it could be that you're at home more. That happened to me earlier in the first lockdown that we had in the UK in March, I think, March or April of 2020. My symptoms got way worse. I literally felt like I had dementia because I was no longer going out exercising or going to the gym um, and being out the house for a couple of hours at least a day. I was, I'd left my job the year before, my part-time job. So I was just working at home on my laptop all day. The EMF exposure that I was getting from that as well increases the mold and proliferation of the mycotoxins. Um, so yeah, it could be related to stress. Same if you go on holiday, if you always feel better when you go on vacation. It could be because you're leaving your home environment and going to a non-moldy place, but it could just be due to the stress management, different food quality, et cetera. And final one, are other people in your household or workplace also sick? So it's important to investigate your workplace as well, not just your home, because you're often spending a lot of time there. Even if they have totally different types of symptoms, like my family did, it's something to think about. My mum had autoimmune and thyroid-based issues and asthma. My dad had um, hives and food allergies and low iron and things like that, which is um, strange as a man. I had the PCOS, acne, fatigue, pretty much every other symptom going. I do have a mold highlight on Instagram that has related podcast episodes because there's a ton of them and that mold detox video as well and some useful things along the way and there's videos of me back a couple of years ago now when I was just figuring all of this out you can even see the difference with my face it was so puffy and inflamed um, and my brain function was not good and I'm in so much of a better place now and in terms of treatment removing yourself from ongoing exposure is number one and I'm not gonna lie that can take time and even for me I had to live in that home for an additional six months knowing that it was causing the majority of my health issues so that was extremely frustrating and really tested my patience so you just have to do the best that you can with the resources that you have in that moment and try not to rush things by doing them on the cheap or improperly out of fear and panic so you have two options with the home either move or remediate sometimes moving is the best option if the remediation is going to be too expensive the damage is just too extensive you're planning on moving anyway like i was or the type of mold is just too dangerous so if your house is riddled with black mold like Stachybotteris, then it might be worth just moving and there are some practitioners and mold blogs out there who say that if you're exposed to mold you just need to get out as soon as you can leave everything behind other than the shirt on your back and start fresh which is very stressful to read and I remember like panicking reading that early on but um it's not realistic and it's not necessary. In a lot of cases, I didn't have to do that and I'm, I'm doing better and I brought a lot of my stuff along with me, apart from the things that you can't clean, really like your mattress and your sofa. I'm not a building expert, so I can't talk at length about the remedian, pre- remediation process, but the most important point is to remove the ongoing water source and damaged material. And it needs to be done properly by a professional who understands the impact of mould. And what it can have on their health so if they're coming in without any suits on and masks and ventilators that is not a good sign And you need to get someone else in if they come out without like i said the proper protective gear don't steal off the area that they're working on Um, please do your research before ask a lot of questions and as an option that i've been looking in for more clients even my parents who are still living in that previous home they've done a little bit of work to improve it but I still suspect that it's um, an issue with um, the mycotoxins ongoing. Uh, Fogging could actually be a really good treatment. And I started hearing about this more over the past year or two. But again, I can't emphasize enough that the water exposure and damaged material ideally need to be removed first. But the fogging, which is an essential oil-based solution, could be an option to rebalance the ecosystem of the home afterwards and also penetrate into your belongings as well so that you don't have to move or you don't have to completely throw everything away and start fresh the company pure maintenance are available across the us and the uk and i've heard really good things about their treatments some people who i've spoken to literally feel a night and day difference with their symptoms immediately after treatment but that said you have to give things time i'm pretty sure it's made using essential oils so it can be safe and non-toxic and even if you're chemically sensitive which a lot of mold um, people can be i've heard that it's well tolerated but everyone is different. So just do your research with that. And the good thing is that your body will naturally start to detox once you're out of that environment or have cleaned it up, which means that you don't need to do anything too aggressive in terms of detox. That's a mistake that I made. I booked a month off. So I moved in June, mid-June. I booked the the whole of July off and last year and went full on with the detox. It might've been two weeks, actually. It was a a month um, this year. And I, I crashed quite a lot. I literally fainted, hit my head on the ground, um, had bad detox reactions and just felt terrible. And it was unnecessary because I was already healing anyway. Inflammation and detox are opposites, meaning that when inflammation is high due to things like mold exposure, detox is automatically blocked. And another reason that mold is so problematic is because it blocks the NRF2 pathway, which is what's responsible for making glutathione and antioxidants in the body. So, it stops you from detoxing, but then it burns through all of your um, anti inflammatory kind of tools. In terms of diet expansion, um, I know Amy, you're really struggling at the moment. I had a similar thing. And healing from mold and let your immune system come back online and that reduction of histamine in the system that will happen um, should allow you eventually to expand your diet. But there could be some work that you need to do on the brain rewiring side of things, because whenever you go through a chronic stress or chronic infection sometimes the amygdala which is that reptilian part of the brain can become hypersensitive and see everything as triggers so chemicals even food chemicals natural ones like histamine and oxalates and nightshades and that's how the diet gets so reduced so there's a a product called dnrs dynamic neural retraining system which is brain rewiring through annie hopper system Or there is another one similar. I think it's called the GUPTA program, kind of similar lines. And it's all about, um, it's kind of like CBT. So it's a consistent practice that needs to be done. But I've heard good good things about this as well. And once you're a bit stable after doing that and have figured out the environment side of things, you could potentially work on incorporating some gentle binders into the system and ultimately some antifungal treatment. As often mold and mycotoxins colonize within the body, and that's what can keep someone sick even after they've moved. Addressing the nasal microbiome is also something that is often missed and can be an important part, especially if you're dealing with any brain, neurological, or sinus-based symptoms. I personally love the X clear nasal spray. I know you could get started on something like that whilst living in the environment, just as a something to help you, but it's not going to fix all of your problems, unfortunately. There are other tools such as infrared saunas, castor oil packs, coffee enemas that can be an amazing tool as well. But in your situation, when you're very sensitive, I would recommend going very slowly and ideally work with a practitioner on this aspect once you've figured out the environment side of things. Um, because doing anything to push your body an additional detox could make you more symptomatic. Um, and you also eventually need to work on restoring the other imbalances that have occurred because of the mold such as your gut and your hormones if it's still needed some people are absolutely fine after moving and doing some binders or whatever for a few months um, and average timeline so for me uh, six to twelve months i noticed significant changes i literally lost 17 kilograms of weight in a year which is 36 pounds And I was never like obese or anything like that. I was definitely overweight at one point. I've been underweight. My weight has massively fluctuated. You can't tell too much because I'm tall and 5'11". But without changing my diet or my exercise and working on things like mitochondria, mold detox, and parasite cleansing, my weight just fell off and I wasn't even focusing on it. So that's the beauty. If weight is an issue, but I mean, with other things as well, like acne, my skin's cleared up with so much less effort. I, need to, I don't need to be as strict with my diet anymore because my skin is pretty stable, which is the goal. In terms of a healing hierarchy, environmental mold exposure are some of the foundational things that need to be addressed, but symptoms could also be linked to other things. I'm not going to lie. So the chronic anxiety that you've had and the IBS as a child and extra could be due to things like parasite infections, which can often be part of a mold detox protocol anyway. Uh, and can be a missing puzzle piece i've started to learn over the past year from my own experience because within parasites actually live mycotoxins so in order to fully clear the mycotoxins you need to sometimes parasite cleanse to get to them but ideally again this should be done under the care of a practitioner and i have plenty of recent episodes on parasite cleansing and pulse on instagram if you want to dive deeper into this subject and same with other conditions such as lyme disease and co-infections whether that's babesia um bartonella ehrlichia these can commonly overlap with mold illness as it seems like people are genetically susceptible to these types of conditions but if mold is a problem this should often the majority of the time can't speak for everyone be addressed first and then sometimes the Lyme treatment becomes way easier there's people that has been just focusing on Lyme for years and years they've done antibiotic after antibiotic herb after herb and they're not seeing any different, and then they investigate mold, move out of the house or whatever, and feel so much better. Um, that's um, part of the puzzle for me is the Lyme disease. Because back when I was 19, I worked in the US, and I was either in the camp that I was working at in Pennsylvania or in New York City, I, I could have been bit by a tick in the woods, but also in the city, I was bitten by a mosquito head to toe multiple times. And that's when I contracted Lyme disease, Borrelia. And that's when a lot of things, that's when shit hit the fan pretty much. And things got a lot worse. So I haven't until now treated the Lyme. I've known that it's been a problem for the past two years after testing through Armin Labs. But I held off from treating because I I knew that mold was um, sometimes more important. And some people are absolutely fine in terms of the Lyme symptoms after treating the mold because they can mimic each other quite a lot so I held off doing that and now I'm at the point where labs are still showing that Lyme is suppressing my immune system the mold has pretty much cleared out in my body now and all of those symptoms have cleared um in terms of brain fog and everything but my immune system is still suppressed and I'm doing better but it could just take one big illness or stress and I could develop more serious symptoms so I need to fix that now so I'm going into that and I'm potentially we'll do an update um, sometime soon with my treatment but it's pretty early days um so yeah that's what I wanted to say I know that again not giving you specific this is what you need to do next but I think I've covered your treatment of the home treatment of the body testing the home testing the body so I'm wishing you the best of luck Amy and I can totally relate to your comments of being glad but also scared to find out if it's mold or not because it can be so overwhelming. And it is a situation that doesn't just affect you a lot of the time, it can affect your home, your belongings, your relationship. The good thing is that if it is mold and you address this problem, that will improve your health in so many ways because your air quality is everything. So many of us overlook the basics of clean food, clean water and clean air, and dive more immediately straight into the complex stuff, such as macro balancing, fasting, or if you're getting enough selenium in your diet, which all might be important, but your body will often just function so much better and will start to heal some of these issues naturally. Once once it's breathing in healthier air, please don't overcomplicate things. That's the beauty of it. Your body knows how to heal, wants to, and it's trying to every single day, and that's where these symptoms are coming from. There's something usually getting in the way and or it doesn't have enough resources to function optimally. So thanks again for your questions, whoever sent them in. hope you enjoyed the episode. My throat is tickling a little bit again, so I think we're finishing right on time. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'll see you back here next week for another guest interview. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you would love a free copy of my hormone-friendly recipes guide, please leave me a rating and review, and I will email you a copy as a thank you gift. All you need to do is screenshot your rating and review and send it to me at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. This guide contains delicious gluten, dairy, grain and refined sugar-free recipes. And all the meals contain specific hormone superfoods. Don't worry, there are no boring salad recipes included. Come and say hi over on Instagram at Viva Natural Health as I share a ton of free content every day and you can get to know more about me and how I stay hormonally healthy. If you haven't already, check out my website, vivanaturalhealth.co.uk, for my blog and many free guides which cover everything from clearing acne to gut health and hair loss. If you're ready to identify and address the root causes of your hormonal issues, whether that's acne, PMS, PCOS, hair loss or problematic periods, take that first step today and apply for an enrollment call on my website. We'll use this call to discuss the steps that you need to take in order to achieve hormonal harmony and how I could help you get there. See you back here next week for another episode.